0: Now, here he is, your host, Jim Irvin.
1: And baby, I am home. I'm actually recording from my home in Mason, Michigan, and we're taking a nice little road trip uh, all the way out to uh, the Hudson Valley of uh, the state of New York, and my guest today, is a guy that I'm really excited to talk to because I want to learn a little bit more about his music. He's uh, very popular in New York City, started playing at the age of 10 years old, inspired by his highly musical family. Gideon King, it is a pleasure to have you on Time Signatures. How are you, sir?
2: I'm doing great and uh, appreciative that you're taking the time to, to chat with me.
1: Well, you know, I'm always looking for people that, you know, can bring me something that's related to the blues in some form or fashion because that's what Time Signatures is basically about. And having been exposed to some of your music and some of your video, um, I I love the mix, the Steely Dan, the Earth, Wind & Fire, John Mayer, Stevie Wonder. I mean, it's all kind of just a, a blended, well, as, as I was reading here, a unique variety of fusion pop. And um, <laughs> you really, you truly do defy any specific genre, don't you?
2: Yeah, I mean the thing is for me that th- this was sort of born out of like an inner conflict when i was a little kid where mm-hmm. you know my brother my brother was a prodigy piano player playing McCoy Tyner and and Bill Evans and, and straight ahead modern jazz. And my sisters were listening to everything from Jimi Hendrix to, you know, Richie Havens to Neil Young to Stevie Ray Vaughan. And then my parents, of course, were from another generation and talking about classical music and how that was the only real oh, yeah. music. And so, and so when I encountered actually the blues too, but when I encountered Steely Dan and Pat Matheny and John Schofield, who, of course, is one of my best friends, first of all, and also and who I've you know recorded music with, um, but uh, also a wonderful jazz and blues guitar player. Um, you know, when I realized that it was sort of possible to mix a lot of different ingredients into the salad is when I sort of felt, you know, psychologically freed um, from having to bind myself to any specific genre. And mm-hmm. that's why, you know, I, that's why my music really is sort of funk, jazz, rock, whatever, you even, even has classical elements to it at times. You do, Um, yeah. and for sure there's a ton of blues, uh, hidden in there and sometimes not so <laughs> hidden. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a real product of, of different influences and, um, and, you know, I like it that way. I want to keep it that way.
1: Well, it's kind of cool because when I was listening to uh, the links that, that John sent me from you, uh, of course, you've got your release. We're going to be talking about that here in a few minutes. Uh, you've got your single that was just released, Turn Off the Sky. I really enjoyed the mix. But I wanted, I want to talk about your earliest memories of music. What were the earliest memories, and what point did you absolutely know that you were destined to be a professional musician? When I was like about six. My
2: brother, I would go to sleep in New York City uh, with my head against a pretty shabbily constructed sheetrock wall. Mm -hmm. And on the other side of that wall was my brother's upright Baldwin piano. Mm. And Johnny, my brother, was pounding the holy shit out of that piano 24 (laughs) seven and he was playing Bobby Timmons and, 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 and he was playing Hank Mobley and, and Charlie Parker lines and, 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 Fats Waller and Earl Hines and, 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 and Joplin. And so from a very young age, I had this kind of musical blood transfusion of, a kind of atypical approach to music, which is jazz, by most people's standards, atypical, and uh, is really wonderful because all these colors, musical colors, were being pumped into my head by my brother improvisationally, blues-wise, jazz-wise. I don't know that I knew that I would ultimately be a professional musician, um, but I knew then that I had met at least one of my true loves, and, um, and it was, it was, the, it was, the, it was that mixture of, mm-hmm. of math and spirit that is music. And so I, I just knew it. I could feel the math coming through the walls, the, the triads, the, 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 the harmonies, the, the, the altered scale, the man, we could, we could go on forever, but I also <laughs> felt the spirit. I felt the piano, you know, rattling against the wall and then the intensity of my brother and my brother was an amazing, amazing musician. And, you know, really introduced me the open architecture of music and that incredible blend of complexity and yet spirit and soul. And man, I just, you know, I just fell in love with it then. And then started doodling around on guitar after that playing little chromaticisms, um, learning Jimi Hendrix stuff, learning a little Neil Young stuff and, and, you know, Robert Cray or whoever, you know, whatever. And, and, you know, you know, and and started with basics, you know, pentatonic shapes and things like that. And then, and then branched out to jazz and, and finger style and even a little classical and all kinds of stuff. So that was when I really knew at a young age that I, I had found one of my true loves, just as what, just as I knew the, you know, the first few times I played basketball that I loved basketball, but that I kind of stunk at it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so like, I still, I still play. Okay. Sure. But like, you know, but you won't see me, you won't see me playing any, uh, you know, playing any NBA basketball anytime soon.
1: Right on. Um, now you formed Gideon King in the city blog back in 2015. And according to the notes here, you, you quickly wrote and released the first CD entitled city blog, which was a studio project. Talk about that process, man. That must've been, that must've been kind of a release for you. Was it not?
2: It was. And I had been, you know, I took time off from music because I worked to try and make some money and, 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 and and sort of sustain myself and, and, uh, and, and get civilized. Um, But, you know, um, Yeah, I mean, that project was the first earnest, somewhat awkward at times, well done, but also sort of meandering and sloppy Mm -hmm. expression of what I really wanted to be, which was a person, a lot like Donald Fagan from Steely Dan, to be honest, who wrote who wrote lots of songs, which would appeal to pop and jazz and classical musicians alike. And then I would bring in the best musical athletes to come and and execute those songs who are nice people and unbelievable musicians. And so that's what that was. I wrote all these songs, staying up till three in the morning every night for two years. and, um, And then called in almost, it was almost like a hyperbolic, exaggerated example of what I envisioned in the sense that you know, I, I, called everybody in uh, on those albums and, and we, listen, those first couple albums had amazing musicians on them. I mean, just, just household names and jazz so sure. like, you know, incredible musicians. Um, and that, that helped the product and hurt the product in some ways. And so, um, yeah, that's what it was. It was, it was this bursting at the seams of this vision that I had to create a more modern day collective centered on just a guy or a few people that write music. Again, hate to do this, but again, a lot like Steely Dan.
1: Yeah. Well, no, that's okay. And, and, you know, I, so many musicians that I speak to talk about the early, you know, their early attempts at uh, coming up Mm. with their own music and, and forging their own style. And of course, uh, you know, everybody's got to find their own voice, but you really seem like you, like you were on your way with this. And, uh, following City Blog, you came out with a couple of more CDs: Upscale Madhouse in 2018, Lady of a Thousand yep, yep. Stories, and Audience of One in 2019. But I, I wanted to to talk about Love Not a bit because that was in 2020, and it looked like yeah. you were you were on a hell of a roll. But then COVID hit. Um, how yeah, did that affect you yeah. on a personal level, especially knowing the background that we've got already? And how did you deal with the shutdown?
2: You know what? I was disgusted by it. Let me, let me, you know, I don't want to be sort of political. No, you're show okay. About politics, but, but let me be honest. I was disgusted by the shutdown. I think we overreacted as a society. Don't get me wrong. I'm just incredibly sympathetic to anybody who suffered from COVID. I had COVID a couple of times, but I'm incredibly sympathetic to anybody who did suffer from COVID and God knows anybody who, who, who died or perished from, from COVID. Sure. But I do think we overreacted and we visited this incredible pain economically and sociologically on our society by shutting everything down. And and it increased so many negative things, homelessness and joblessness, and it, it I don't know that America has recovered. So I had kind of a, a counter-COVID reaction where I said, well, great, if everything's shutting down, then I'm going to make as much music with as many musicians as possible. So yes, I released Love Not, which parenthetically kind of just reflects my true love of duets. Okay. Um, I love duets. Like, like, like I'm a sucker for like, you know, probably all your listeners are going to shut the show off right now, but (laughs) I'm like a, a sucker for like Andy Gibb and Barbara Streisand duets, Guilty and, 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 you know, Sheryl Crow and Kid Rock and Fred Astaire duets. So that, that song Love Not reflected my love and respect for duets and just the, the, the kind of earnest elemental connection that duets represent in music to people sort of talking to each other through music and singing lyrics together. I love the energy of duet. So I wrote that, but yeah, getting back to COVID, I thought COVID was an incredible opportunity given that there were no gigs and everything was shut down to get musicians up to my studio and sit in that studio together and create as much music as humanly possible. So we pumped out a tune a month almost uh, which doesn't sound like a lot but i'm talking soup to nuts writing sure. producing finishing mixing and we made and sometimes more than that and so we 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 still have a backlog of i don't know 10 15 tunes wow. that are waiting to come out from that from that period that will just continue to come out and i thought it was an incredible opportunity and i was also just sort of like man let's 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 do something productive and create something uh instead of just sitting in our sweatpants Watching, you know, Sean Hannity tell Rachel Maddow she's a jerk, and watching Rachel Maddow tell Sean Hannity he's a jerk, and <laughs> and and everybody <laughs> fighting over COVID. Let's just ignore this non-scientific garbage chatter and just get in and and try and do something intelligent and creative. And I, you know what? It was fun and 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 it was exciting and and it was great for our band. It really solidified our band members and made GKCB go from Getting King and City Blog go from a really widespread collective of musicians to a more focused group of people that really form our band. So I listen, COVID was horrible and I wouldn't want the United States to go through that again. No, but in trying, in trying to get lemon lemonade out of lemons, that w- that's what we did.
1: You know, you're, you're killing my questions here because you're just walking right through and you're hitting all the high points <laughs> and that's sorry, no, 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 there's sorry. nothing nothing wrong with that at all. I've, you know, like I said, I've done my homework, but um, y- y- as a person who is, um, i'm I'm very much an extrovert, love meeting people, love talking to people. Um, I've been home working for three and a half years now. I'm still very extroverted, but I'm I'm a, a little less so than I was um, right so that so that did affect me on that level, but it sounds like all it really did for you is just generate the get the the engine going more, did it not? It truly did and it was a chance for people to stop
2: and freeze for a year or two Mm -hmm. and reflect and create. Um, And, you know, as I wrote in my song dealing, I mean, you you could sit around and just sort of drink and fall apart. Um, Or you could really say like, wait, this is a chance for my brain to truly have the time to produce and to reflect. And there's no excuse, but if you're a carpenter, you should be coming up with some new cabinets. If you're a, you know, I don't, I, you know, if you're a surfer, you know, wax your, you know, wax your surfboard. If you're, if you're a, if you're a songwriter, get some songs done, you know, because you have the time. And, you know, also I was really excited to give all these musicians who weren't playing gigs work. And it was, it was nice to just sort of get together everybody and give a lot of musicians work during a period where there wasn't any work. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it really did start our engines and it, it allowed us to... March toward the goal for me of what I think it is to be a musician, which is you should have a long catalog of music, which people or a large catalog of music, which people can dive into. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't, I'm not an Instagram musician, right? Like, you're like, I don't want to be cool on Instagram. I want to have, you know, when we get off the phone, sure. if you're so inclined, I want you to say, Hey, I'm going to spend two hours on Spotify listening to this band and so, you know, but that for me is is what it is to to be a band, um, to have a big catalog. And so, you know, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Covid, covid uh, revved up that engine for for damn sure.
1: Absolutely. You are listening to Time Signatures with Jim Irvin. My guest today is Gideon King. His group is Gideon King and City Blog, and uh, we are having a wonderful discussion with him today, talking about his music, his influences, and the ties to the blues. Um, Gideon, I have to ask you, what do you feel is the best song you've written and released or maybe have not released yet? And why? Oh man, <laughs> one song, can one you, song. Can you pick
2: just one? You know, here's the thing. You, you might as well have a mother uh, on your show and ask her which of her kids is her favorite kid. Um, it's really that's like, fair. it's, that's hard for me, but if, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer the question, And I'm going to say Splinters, the long, the extended version of Splinters, which may or may not be on Spotify yet, because it blends so many of the things that I love music, about music, Pat Metheny style, voice textures, lyrics, lyrics chords, a funk groove, almost like something you'd hear from a John Schofield album more Steely Dan album. Um, So that's the one I'm most musically proud of. The one that may be the most beautiful expression, crazy enough, isn't released yet. Um, And it's a version, almost a Radiohead-like version of the old show tune, as insane as that sounds, uh, Send in the Clowns. And we we, we put it like a, almost like a sort of, Odd meter funk beat on that, Sure. and Caleb Holly just delivered this incredible vocal. But, dude, I also love Dealing and Winter Soldier and Love Not, and we got so much music out there. What you're gonna do? So, uh, those are all close. Those are all close seconds. But, but every once in a while, you get in the studio, gym and what you actually envisioned actually happens, and you feel like it. It was uncompromisingly what you envisioned. And then Splinters was that, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and I, and I want to kind of springboard into that, if I can, for just a minute, because uh, Splinters, uh, the EP, is going to be released. Talk a little bit about that uh, about that effort and, and what you've got uh, in the EP, if there's anything that stands out to you that you really, really want to yeah. talk about. Let's hear about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, it's five songs, um, one cover, which we just released. Which is an old Keen cover called Somewhere Only We Know, which is a wonderful tune. And there's some there's some funk in there. There's some fusion. There's some straight out pop. Oh, wait, it's six songs. We did add one, I apologize. Okay. And I think it's the most I think it's the most excellently recorded and produced stuff we have done. It's a little more pop than usual. Although there's definitely some fusion in there, mm-hmm. um, you know, turn off the sky as part of that EP that got good reception with editorial playlists on Spotify. So that was really cool. Um, and so just really feel that the band came together, collaborated and produced something that is a reflection of all the different sort of cross currents in this band and um, love the lyric, proud of the lyrics, proud of the, proud of the songs, and really happy with with the production. Listen, I guess, Jim, every artist says, oh, geez, this is the best, this is our best work yet, right? Like, what am I going to say to you? This is the worst we ever put out? No, but hey, I'm going to say it too. I think this is the best work we've done.
1: Well, I think that, you know, listening to, because I have spent some time listening to the EP, yeah. I, I think you're spot on with the uh, the pop. Uh, there's quite a bit of a flavor of pop in it. Um, But I like the, it's hard for me to explain It's like a free spirit, just a really good time when you're listening to this EP. It's hard not to smile and have a good time when you're listening to it.
2: Yeah, I mean, what's cool about my band is that if you talk to my piano player, this guy loves pop music. He can play the heck out of the blues. He is a good jazz musician and he's also a wonderful classical musician. So all I need to do is sort of like take the match to the, the fire pit and just throw it in. And between all these musicians, like my drummer, Jake and Christian, we have two drummers, really. We play with percussion and drums. Uh-huh. You know, these are all such, they're such skilled musicians that once you just, you, you get the spark going, you, the, the, the varied musical influences in the band leach to the surface. And I, And I will not that I'm being critical of other people, but, Sometimes you meet people, right? And they say, you say, well, what are your influences? And they say, oh, you know, I'm really influenced by this, that, the other thing, A, B, C, D, E, F. But, you know, when you really get to know them, they don't really know that much about different types of music. And, you know, people love to say, because it sounds kind of hip and varied and diverse to say, well, my stuff is influenced by by soul, pop, classical music, this, this. But here's the thing, in this band, it really is it That's- really is it, it it it's the real thing my bass player is a great straight ahead jazz bass player he's also a ridiculous funk bass player loves the blues i love the blues i was up till 3:15 a.m. last night playing blues in 12 keys like just so so i guess what i would say is this this ep it is a good time if you consider a good time drawing from these different musical worlds because man i love stevie ray and and, right and you know and and Wayne Krantz, as much as i love bach and I, as much as i love neil young a, as much as i love dave mason's album as much as i love um you know kingfish like like meaning I really love all this stuff and I listen to it all. I love Adele, man. I love Adele. So like, you know, maybe it's not cool to say, you know, you love Miley Cyrus, if you you know, you're (laughs) supposed to be a serious music. but, but you know what? Her song Jaded is a great freaking song. Uh So like, I, I, I love all this stuff and it all draws from these, these, these elemental things that have been around since, you know, I don't know, 1100 BC. So, and I think truly that unlike many, we are differentiated in that we really are drawing from a ridiculously diverse pool of musical languages, if, if you want to say it that way.
1: Absolutely. And I, I have to tell you, I'm having a blast sitting here because you and I, I can tell musically, are kindred spirits. because I'm sure we are. I'm sitting here smiling as you're talking about this big blend of music that you enjoy and listen to. And a lot of my friends are like, no, 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 I like the classic rock, man, screw the blues and this and that. No, I yeah. I, I, get into a, a, a point or get into a mood or get into whatever you want to call it where I got to have yeah, my course. blues or I got to have my classic rock or I got to yeah. have my country yeah. or like you said, yeah. even classical there's nothing wrong with that,
2: you know. I mean, and then the thing is, your show is somewhat centered around the blues, and uh, you know, we are. If you have time, I, I mean, I can, I can express what I think is so wonderful about the blues to you if you're by, all, by all means, sure. I, I mean, the thing is, if you sit down, even if you just turn on a cheesy backing track on, you know, you just Google, you know, blues and B flat backing tracks, so you have something to play over while you're, you know, with your guitar. Here's the thing about blues. First of all, when people say blues, they think of BB King. They think of Stevie Ray, Stevie Ray, but it's so much deeper than that. And there's jazz blues, which it just can be conceptualized as a series of two, five ones. But even if you just take the core one chord of a blues, say you're an A and you're playing over, you know, a dominant, like. There are 50 billion ways that you can play over that A dominant. Man, mm-hmm. you can play altered. You can do diminished stuff. You can play all the triads inside the Mixolydian scale. You can play all the triads inside the diminished scale, which is associated with A dominant. You could, And you can come up with patterns. And so, like, when I think of the blues, I think, of course, of, you know, little B.B. King vibe. I also think of this exploding mathematical world just over the one chord and then substituting, you know, imagining all the chords and all the crazy stuff that can happen while going to the four chord modulating to three keys, you know, cycling through three keys as you get to the four chord D D dominant. And so when I think of the blues, I don't just think of, you know, Chuck Berry or, or B. Mm-hmm. King or, or the, or the big obvious names. What I think of is this ever expanding harmonic uh, explosion, frankly, of of ideas that, to be honest with you, Stevie Ray or or Jimmy or or whoever didn't even exploit, and, and 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 that's why I would always encourage your listeners or anybody to 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 sit one day in a in a room and close your door and listen to John Schofield play, because in many ways he's one of the bluesiest son of a guns who's who's ever played guitar, and I think he's the greatest blues guitarist who's ever lived okay wow. and and that's because he not only is soulful and he not only can play the sh- out of simple soulful blues when he's on the stage with government eul or or John Mayer or whoever or you know whoever he's touring with Phil Lesh, but he also can blow through the chord changes like a bebop player and mix the two and exploit the blues for what it really is, which is an unbelievably rich harmonic bedrock for doing all kinds of stuff. When people say to me, "I love the blues," I'm like, "Oh, cool. Who do you love?" And I just wait for them to rattle off the five big names. You know what I mean? <laughs> and 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 I think to myself, "What well, man? If you could just like listen to." a little Cannonball Adderley or, or just listen to Herbie Hancock play the blues in 1983 or Michael Brecker. And then I think like this blues structure is one of the most rich, sure. I don't even know what to call it. It's, just, it's it's an endless vehicle for exploration. Even if it's just a four bar blues, uh, I mean, one day we'll do another podcast and I'll just, you know, I'll play and we'll we'll just talk about all the crazy things that can happen harmonically. And
1: man, for me, that's what the blues is. It's this wide open place to roam i'll tell you what we're going to take a break right here my guest is gideon king of gideon king and city blog and if you have enjoyed the conversation half as much as i have i've got good news for you we're going to continue the discussion in our next episode for now thank you for listening and until next time let's keep on keeping the blues alive
0: Until next time, keep on keeping the blues alive.